Fitness AM Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Locke. Here momentarily, we'll get his thoughts on what's going on with the Jazz offseason. Had Summer League in Vegas uh, going on in the background here, Gordon, up on the TV all day long. You know, I covered several Summer Leagues down there uh, several years ago. It's That's a fun event to go to, Summer League. If you're a basketball fan, like like conference tournament time in Vegas and Summer League time in Vegas, if you're a, a basketball fan, sneaky great times to be in that town. Did you run into all kinds of NBA players, executives, coaches? Yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, I found myself uh, one time at uh, at summer league, just sitting right next to Roy Williams. Like, oh, I know you. Hi, Roy. (laughs) I've seen you before. Uh, But uh, no, no. Did you say? Did you reach over and shake hands and say, "Hi, I'm Jake Scott." No. And he said, "I'm Roy Williams." No, I did not do that. Like I did with Jimmer. But I yeah oh, I forgot about that story. But uh, I was down there when Carl Anthony Towns was a rookie and he was uh, going through his summer league, and we sat right close to we we sat up in the stands not with the press and we sat right close to his parents uh-huh. and his mom unfortunately oh, has, yeah, has, has passed which is yeah just a just a sad story. But uh, but they were these two like you would think they were watching him play junior high ball right? I mean they were <laughs> they were so enthusiastic and positive and such these like energetic people. It was. I, I mean, I still obviously remember it to this yeah. day. I mean, it was this cool experience watching these these proud parents see their kid, and it was really his first NBA action, right, at at summer league, and just the 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 energy that surrounded them was really cool. I mean, it, if you're a basketball fan, you'd love it. When you were watching those games, what was? Do you remember a player who ended up being really good who looked horrible that you were watching in the summer? Nothing I'm sure there mind. is one, but I'll, I'll tell you a player that looked really horrible that I that was a high draft pick and then it ended up being well, he's still in the league, I guess. But I remember Alex Lenz summer league because uh-huh. he was like a top five pick right to Phoenix. Yeah, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get my eyes on this guy, and then you see him, you're like, oh, <laughs> it's got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. His uh, weekly visit to the show is brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. What's going on, David? Hello, Jake. Hello, Gordon. How are my friends? We're good. Aloha, David. I'm back in Park City, Utah, yeah, and, there's, you I, can, and you can breathe again. I, I, nice. I, I Today know. you can go outside. Did you have an enjoyable time on the on the? I island? had a pretty magical trip, I'll be honest with you, like – in the sense of a final trip before our son goes to college. Um, I had one of our closest friends was in state was there the entire time we were there. My closest friend, one of my closest friends from high school came for a week with his kids. All of us have kids the same age. It was pretty magical. It was, it was pretty marvelous. I even tried to take a few days off. You know, the fact that you uh, spent time with your son, who's going off to school, I, 
I can't recommend that wherever wherever you can go. But what do I, what do I, you'll he'll never forget that, and neither will you, dude. Well, he's he, he's been he's been a dream for this whole time. It'll there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of dad tears coming out <laughs> here shortly. I'm not I'm not lying. They might have already started. Yeah, sorry, I don't want you to get all all teared up on. Uh, all right, David. Let me. I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this. What acquisition? So I'm not. I'm not. I'm counting Conley out of this uh, conversation for a second. Oh, what, all right. What acquisition this offseason is the most intriguing to you? Maybe not the most impactful or play the best or whatever. But what what is most interesting to you to find out how it works? Well, I think all three of them are really intriguing. Um, I mean, I think. Um, you know, Rudy Gay's intriguing because, frankly, on the 17th of August, he turns 35 years old. And so how how he's learned to evolve as a player is is pretty interesting to me and also, to his credit, marvelous. Like, he's really evolved. Like, he he played a lot of minutes as a shooting guard at one point in his career. Now he's going he's gonna to play some center, I think. Like, so I think I'm pretty intrigued to see, like, what, what we know about him as a center um, and whether he can play it. Um, Pascal... I think it's interesting because of the way he's been used in his first two years in the league. Like if you had asked me about him coming out of Villanova, I would have said, you know, experienced player, versatile skills, no star skill, played in an unbelievable college system with a great college coach would be great for him to end up on a good team. And he gets drafted by the Warriors. You're like, oh my gosh, he's going to be amazing. And then the Warriors have a million injuries. So he plays with one of the worst teams in the league. And he gets asked to do stuff he shouldn't be asked to do. And then he plays last year. And they actually used him in a funky way last year where he was on the bench unit. He was like the go-to guy. Like, I want to see him play with good players. I think he might be a really interesting fifth best player on the floor. And then, frankly, I think Hassan White is super interesting. Like, two years really good. And, you know, we, he's got this label as kind of this, you know, mercurial guy. And he's got this label from when he came out of college and he, played I think in like four, four different high schools or maybe it was like four different colleges around the shoot but he bounced around and then came out and lasted like 12 games and then disappeared from the NBA world seemingly for two years and then Miami like he, he he played for Pat Riley for five years like if he was really this much of a problem you're not lasting in Miami for five years right so uh, I'm pretty interested there and frankly you know if he's engaged the way he was in Portland as much as I love faves he's he could be a pretty monstrous upgrade at seven one with a seven seven wingspan over what Faves was. So let me take uh, at least one of those, or take them one by one. The first one is Pascal. How how do you think Quinn will choose to utilize him, and how much? So I don't think he'll be in the rotation at all to start. I'd be really surprised. Um, I think the question is going to be whether he's like George and like Royce and over the, you know, Ron Boone has a great phrase, like where you, for, he forced minutes, right? Like Royce kind of left Quinn, no choice. And George has frankly left Quinn, no choice, but to, to play him like they had done a good enough job and earned and played well, if they played him. So well, he'll get limited time. Like I think he could be a stretch five, like when Rudy's too small to play stretch five, but he means actually shorter than Rudy. I think he just got a big body. Um, he could probably, if he's shooting it okay, which he was okay his first year and not his second, he could play some four if you need him to in the right circumstance. Um, but, you know, I don't know that at 35 years old you should be asking Rudy Gay to play 82 games a year. So um, I think you'll see, you know, there'll be minutes to be had, but I don't think he's in the natural rotation to start. 
And then it'll just be a question of when he does get in the rotation, does he play well enough that he, he just kind of forces future minutes as well by being, you know, he's just, he would be a plus minus guy, really. Four rebounds if he plays because he's on a good team now instead of the nine points he averaged on a bad team in Golden State. And so is he just doing all the right things to make everybody else better? David, on paper, are the Jazz better today than they were last year? Tricky. Tricky, tricky. Um, really, you know, we're injury-free until the end. So, like, I think that's a hard one to expect to have happen again. Um, you know, Rudy Gay should be an upgrade on George Niang, but let's not underestimate, like, how good George was at that role. Rudy's role might be a little larger and do more things and give us more versatility. So in that way, he might be better. But, like, in that very specific 13-minute-a-night role, George did it about as well as you possibly could. We're going to need... You know, maybe we want 20 out of Rudy and we want it in a different way where he plays some five and he's a little more switchy defensively and he does some different things. Um, and then, you know, I, 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 I think, I don't know. I have a hard time. I was going to say I think Whiteside's going to be better than Faves. It's so hard to evaluate the backup center to Rudy. Like, Faves looked so bad last year, but that's just because he's not Rudy. Not because Faves is bad, because Rudy's unbelievably great. And so maybe Hassan Whiteside's going to look just as bad because he's not Rudy. But he's closer to Rudy at 7-1 and 7-7, and he's a pretty good drop pick. David, do you think that the versatility of which you speak, does that better the Jazz defensively? It should. I mean, we really could only play one way, offensively or defensively, last year, which was offensively high pick and roll with a big rolling. And defensively was drop big. Maybe you're bringing the big up to the ball level of the ball, but we we weren't really able to do much else. The addition of Rudy Gay and and Pascal should allow us to play with some versatility. Did anybody in the what? West get any better this offseason, David? I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Right, Chicago seemingly got better, though the Demar Derozan signing doesn't make. A whole lot of sense. Miami should have gotten better with Kyle Lowry upgrade over Gordon Dragic. Um, you know, Brooklyn gets better just with health and time. Uh, Philadelphia, I don't know if they got better. I'd have to dig into what they did. I can't think of it off the top of my head, so you'd have to bail me out on that one. A little aloha on the brain there. Um, in the West, Minnesota stayed surprisingly quiet. Like, that's a team that could have jumped. Phoenix did basically the same thing. Um, there was one or two subtle moves that I kind of liked. I mean, frankly, you know, the best move by anybody in the West was probably Dallas getting rid of Josh Richardson without having to give anything up for him. Right? They dumped a $12 million salary and, and didn't have to give up anything. I thought that was probably as good a move. And that doesn't, that's not making you better. That's just helping your cap situation. So, David, let me ask you my weekly impossible question to answer. I love it. I love it. Let's see what I can do for you, Gordon. But I, I, I trust your judgment, and uh, you, you've been watching these guys for so long and studying them for so long, I have to ask it in, in relation to what we're talking about here, the Jazz advancement in the offseason. Is it reasonable to believe that the Jazz can improve organically too, especially their two star players. Can how much better can Donovan Mitchell get, and can Rudy Gobert increase like what he did in the Olympics, where he was actually taking on uh, a, a defender in the low post and dunking on him? I think Rudy's unrelenting commitment to greatness and pain by which he feels a loss 
will lead him to probably improve to some level. Um, you know, we're all better at everything we do, I would think. Um, the more experience we have until the day that aging slows us down, right? So the more tennis you play, the better you are. Um, maybe, Gordon, I don't know, should we ask your wife, are you a better husband today than you were in your opening five years? Uh, I, I better not ask her. I'm not sure. I think I am. Question. Um, so I think, you know, Donovan's going to be better because it's, a nut, you know, Donovan's still crazy young, right? We forget he's only in his fourth year. So, so yes, he should be a better player because just, you know, when did Kawhi win his title? Year seven. LeBron won his in year eight. Giannis was in year eight. Um, run down. Steph Curry was in what? Year seven when he won his first title? Like, that's like, you don't win your title in the fourth year in the league. And, you know, I think, so I think both Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell should make pretty large strides in the experience that they've had in the last, in the offseason this year. I just think that's an important question and an important answer because that is absolutely crucial to what the Jazz's goals are, that those guys have to play at a level that is so very elite. It's, it's, it's just unimaginable, really. Well, well it, it, to me a little bit, Gordon, I've been listening, and I read your column, which kind of actually probably sparked my podcast today. Like, like did people forget we had Rudy and Donovan? Seems like it. Uh, I don't know if I broke up or if I just left you speechless, but did people forget that we had Rudy and Donovan? Like, like what were people freaking out about? Like, we have Rudy and Donovan. We're going to win lots of games. Okay. I mean, but the, but the responsibility on those guys is so huge because they are the stars, David, and they have to play like them, and that's an awfully high standard to hold folks to. Yeah, and that's one where um, – that's one where I find myself. So I'm never one who says, like, the guy who makes $30 million, like should no longer be human or no longer have a bad night or no, right? But, like, that's why they get paid, right? The reason that Donovan and Rudy get paid is because every night when they drive up to the gym, they know if they don't play well, their team loses. And that is a burden, but that's, 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 what, that's the burden they've earned. David, give me a trade or a signing you weren't wild about. Oh, I don't understand DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls at all. Um, and I honestly I honestly don't um I don't get the Russell Westbrook deal. Like I don't either. Um so they're gonna have to be so incredibly elite defensively because if you put them in the half court, I don't really know how they're gonna score. Um and I don't know how you can be def- elite defensively with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony on your team. So I'm left. I mean, I haven't really dug into it. And what I really haven't done when I say dug into it, quite honestly, is call like the five people I trust most in the league that I know way more than I do. And then I come on your air and act really smart because I talk to them. So let's not kid ourselves about what I do all the time. I haven't taken the time to call those five or six people and say, explain the Lakers to me. But my just, like, floor balance, gravity, like, like rebounds is a stupid number because the only rebound that actually matters is the rebound that somebody gets that they wouldn't get otherwise. Right? Like, so Russell Westbrook gets 10 rebounds a game. I don't flip and care because nine of them would have gone to somebody else on the team anyway. 
<laughs> so he's st- like, Jason Kidd used to like steal extra possessions on loose balls. Like that matters to me. Rubio actually did that to his credit. Like I don't see Westbrook really doing that. Westbrook plays really, really hard, but like I don't, like I don't know. I don't see unless they just get out and run at a dramatic level. But then you're asking a team that's all over the 33 years old to just run. Well, that's not who they are. But they couldn't score in the half court last year, and you had the worst half court offensive player in the league, and think that's going to help you score in the half court? Like that doesn't make any sense. I'm now. I don't need to call six people. Actually, I'm good. <laughs> David, uh, Jake, on a sliding scale from laughable to rather sad, Jake has been having a sort of a fun time uh, with the Dennis Schroeder situation where he turns down an extension that would have paid him $85 million, and he just signs a, a one-year deal with the Celtics for 5.9 or whatever. What would you do if you were, if you were him in regard to your agent? Well, I don't know. This, you know, maybe Schroeder told his agent what he wanted. So, I mean, if his agent's the one who told him turn down eighty because there's a hundred hundred out there, then obviously I'm firing my agent. Um, but if he did it because maybe he didn't want to play in L.A., that is a possibility, right? Like maybe there's a chance he said, you know, I don't really want to be here. Like, you know, last year he demanded he was going to start. Um, I also I have a little question out there of whether the Lakers really offered that contract. Like, there's a little doubt in my mind of whether this story is completely true in that, maybe, or maybe they offered and he didn't want to stay. Like, there just seems like there's probably more to that in the story. But, like, let's say that that's not true. Like, well, the Lakers can't come out right now and say, well, we didn't really offer him that. Because then they're throwing, you know, then they're being really rude. And he can't come out and say, well, they didn't really offer me that because then that would have killed his value. So I just have a sneaking suspicion there's a little more to that end of the story than there is right now. That would be the only. That would be the only thing I would kind of say on that. But in general, I um, um, in general, I feel like um, that there's maybe. I mean, I just feel bad for him, right? Like, I mean, you know, in a business standpoint, it happens all the time. People get offered, you know, a bunch of money for their company, and then they bet themselves, and they keep going, and then it turns out the other way. I mean, like, I don't know if you follow Clubhouse, and we'll see what happens with them. But you know, Clubhouse. Like, that social audio platform is supposedly offered like a billion dollars. I think they might not be worth anything. And, you know, the flip side is uh, Locker Room, which is another social audio, took an early sale out to Spotify, and people were criticizing them for going too early for not enough money. So it kind of goes both ways. So I, I'm a little hesitant to know the whole story on that one, and I'm also fairly sympathetic to someone who bets on themselves and it doesn't work out. I feel bad for them. I mean, there's a... You know, the other angle on this is you don't ever bet on yourself and you just take the early money and you leave and you you bail out, and that's not that impressive either. Or you could do, like, uh, the other example is Ryan Smith, who was offered, I don't know, what was it, a, right. num- a number of hundred a million for his, his business. His wa- He listened to his wife. His wife said, hang on to it, and then he sells it for billions and billions. So, right. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a cool I mean, thing. So, I mean, there's plenty of people that have also, like, signed, like, I mean, I would argue, I don't know, but I mean, Royce O'Neal might have signed and been worth more if he hadn't signed, right? Like, he took the four-year 32. Like, I think there's a chance that Royce O'Neal might be worth more than that on an open market right now. I don't know. Maybe not. He's not a limited offensive player, but it seems like pretty perfect to me. So, you know, in, in that sense, I just, I have a hard time um, 
you know, I don't think we know all the all the things that took place, and I and I find myself a little bit reluctant, um, just because I think it can go both ways. Like, it's, I'm not saying Jake's not being fair. I mean, it's a hell of a story if it's true, but I also think like you know, like it's it's hard. Like it's really really hard. If you want to look and at maybe, it, and maybe the real story is he didn't want to play with LeBron again. Like, and he wanted the ball in his hand. Yeah, and it could be. And being the optimistic fellow I am, right, Jake. You are very optimistic. Fellow I am. <clears throat> Much more uh, than you used to be. The, 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 I think that he could go to the Celtics, and who knows how he could increase his value if he's a good fit and he plays well. Who knows? What is Schroeder's, what did we say, 27? I mean, it's not like he's an old guy. I mean, the problem for Schroeder, in all honesty here, is that his rookie year, he got labeled as a um, – he got labeled as a kind of a – problem child out of um out of germany and and then he ended up you know kind of dropping in the draft and he's trying to been trying to rehabilitate that for part of his career and i think he might have just re-earned that label maybe unfairly so um that would be the one thing i would say and you know i don't know that he is it like but he was that was the label out of him out of germany was that he was a little bit of a a not, you know, whatever, right? Like he he wasn't. You just take it as it is. It made him drop in the draft. So um, I I don't think that you know maybe that's not um, a great sign for him that he now kind of gets this funky label again. And I don't. The thing I actually don't think was good for him was last year when he like demanded he was starting. That kind of got the buzz up about him again as a player. Well, David, thank you. We're glad you made it back to town safely, and we always look forward to your visit. You know, one note on that, like Reggie, Dennis Schroeder, I think, you know, Reggie Jackson had a fairly similar career trajectory, right? Came out of Boston College, was criticized for being too selfish, dropped in the draft, went to Oklahoma City, didn't want to play second fiddle, went to Detroit, got paid, was the lead guy, and had an incredible year for the Clippers last year. So uh, Dennis Schroeder's career is a long way from over. Thanks, David. See you. See you, buddy. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Do you think that uh, Rudy Gay is an upgrade over George Zing? Yes. I do, too. No offense to George. I like those players that play their way onto the roster and, uh, as David said right there, kind of force the coaching staff to give him a role, which I think George did, but, yeah. So, and George is a great guy. I mean, it seems like. He's a great player, too. I mean, let's, yeah, not sell his, yeah. let's not sell his skill set short. I mean, if you would have pointed – we're watching Summer League right now. If you would have pointed to George in his first Summer League and said that guy's going to be a role player on a, a NBA contending team, we, you and I both would have probably said, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> and to his credit, he, he did. He did just that. And he signed a nice deal with Philadelphia. He did. And he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So. Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and... This comes from Ralph Amsdead. says, I listen to way too much Pac-12 region sports radio, and there's a ton of personalities that I like. But David DJ James and PK Kinahan in Salt Lake, they are elite. So, boys and girls, we are elite. All right. So, boys, I'm elite. And my supporting cast, Jay Catch and David James, they're elite too. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
This summer, explore everything. Do it with big savings on a new Hyundai from Murdoch Hyundai. Right now, get 0% for five years plus $1,000 bonus cash on the new Elantra or Sonata. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty, and owner's assurance. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Hyundai in Logan, Linda Murray, or online at MurdochHyundai.com. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 9221. If you are having difficulty, My Hearing Centers can fit you with a high-tech digital hearing aid that's powerful, barely noticeable, and that in some cases can help you hear better than a person with perfect hearing. Plus, many of My Hearing Centers hearing aids are Bluetooth compatible and rechargeable. If you already have a hearing aid, but it's three years old or older, you owe it to yourself to check out the latest technology from My Hearing Centers. To learn more, call My Hearing Centers at 801-438-7058. That's 801-438-7058. Dirk Bentley. Beers on Me Tour 2021. Friday, August 13th, USANA Amphitheater. And he's bringing along special guests, Riley Green. And Parker McCollum. Dirk Bentley, live in concert. They all know Reserve seat tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Mr. Have you always missed that stock opportunity or the opportunity to buy something and you just didn't? Well, don't miss the window of opportunity now. Now is the time for you to sell us your vehicle. Why? Because you're at an all-time high. 